You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. BJ Armstrong and Mauricio and boy oh boy do we have a lot to talk about today. Well there's one performance in particular we need to talk about. I mean BJ so far this season we've seen some historic numbers. We've seen Luca with that 60-21-10 game. We've seen AD put up numbers, KD put up numbers, MB put up numbers but Donovan Mitchell went out and scored 71 points in a win mm. now we're going to break it down and we're going to talk about the performance but there's one thing that i want to key in and focus on first and foremost because the Cavs were down two donovan mitchell had the chance to shoot free throws he, he shot the first one cut the lead to two they were down three cut the lead to two and then he had to miss the second one and then mm. he misses the second one gets his own offensive rebound, puts it back in, game goes to overtime. The same thing that Luka Doncic did just last week on his way to 60 points, where he misses the free throw, gets his own rebound and puts it back in. So I want to know from your perspective, BJ, as an elite shooter that's played in the NBA, <laughs> what are the keys to successfully missing a free throw and grabbing your own rebound? Luck. <laughs> well, if, I mean, if you were in that situation, down two at the line with one free throw, what would be your strategy in your mind? Where would you be trying to aim your shots? Where would you be trying to get the rebound from, etc.? What would you be looking well, for on the court at that time? You know, uh, you know, as I looked at both of those, you know, I just happened to, I was watching, you know, those, you know, scenarios. The thing that's amazing to me is the the which I, I I don't know because I'm not working every day in the NBA, but every player has a responsibility to block out someone on the free throw line. That's to me is the most amazing thing, and out of everyone there, the the least likely guy to get the rebound should be the shooter. Okay, so there's five people on the free throw line, or six if you include the shooter. Yep, standing around. There's two offensive players plus the shooter and three defensive players. The two lowest defensive players have the advantage because they're closest to the hoop. They can box out the two offensive rebounders, and then the third defensive player is meant to block out his responsibility. Shooter, exactly, because the shooter can't pass the free throw line until after the ball hits the rim. Yes. So I, I, I don't, uh, Mo, I don't know. Like, Mo, I'm watching the game, so I think you are better prepared to answer this question because to me, it's just the fundamentals of the game, which is, okay, Mo, I have one simple rule. If I don't get the ball, it's not let the Mo get the ball. Mo, if I don't get the ball, then you're not going to get the ball. Game is over. Now, mm -hmm. how Luca got the ball, unless there was a, unless they didn't have five players on the floor, I have to go back and look. No, they did. They just didn't block him out correctly. Same with Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Pat Williams the, the wasn't looking Donovan. at his man. He didn't get a feel for his man. He was looking at the ball. That's what I'm saying. Like, Mo, you can't, you can't, there's an invisible, you know, not invisible. There's like a wall there that you can't cross until after the ball hits the rim. So how could you, get to the ball before anyone else it's just like to well, me it, but again, donovan mitchell may or may not 
have crossed that line before the ball hit the rim, much to the dismay of some Chicago Bulls fans. I'm watching it right now in slow motion, okay? He shoots the shot, and his foot is planted in the paint area before the ball is even near the rim. By the time the ball hits the rim, he's taken one, two steps. Both his feet are in the paint. He's taken two steps, and then he jumps and grabs the rebound. So I don't know if it's possible for the Bulls to have challenged that call. If they still had their challenge remaining, they had a timeout remaining. But yes, that was indeed a violation. What would what would be your game plan? Yeah, let's let's just play the hypothetical. You're uh, at the well, line, well, well, down to got to shoot one free throw. There's one second left on the clock. What are you aiming for? Where are you going? Well, I I always was taught to you want to hit the ball and have the ball go up in the air and allow your athletes right. If there's a loose ball. The athlete, the guy who's the quickest, can jump the highest, will have the best chance to legally get that ball, right? If there's a loose ball, you know, I want to give Dennis Rodman, for instance, every <laughs> opportunity to, to have the advantage to get that ball, right? I want to have the best athletes because if there's a loose ball, speed and quickness is probably going to win, right? The guy who can jump the highest is probably going to get that loose ball. So these guys are missing it. They're shooting direct. Like I, I saw Luca do it again the other night versus uh, was it San Antonio? Yeah, that one was to save the game. He had uh, the advantage where they um, were up by yeah. one point and one point five seconds left on the clock. He shoots it so that the ball directly rebounds off the front of the rim and basically bounces back into his hands, and then he holds on yeah, for so a second to win the game. So, yeah, so maybe those guys know something. You know, I'm going to call a few of my coaching friends today and ask them what's going on. Maybe there's a new formula um, that these guys have figured out. You know, as I was watching the Boston game the other day, they let the ball, they just, they don't, they stand in the backcourt and just let the time roll. Because the game the clock, going. yeah, the game clock yeah. runs and the shot clock doesn't So there's run. all, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's like things, I was like, what are they doing? Okay, and okay. I had to call my coach's friend and they go, okay, that's a new thing. And they found kind of a, you know, it's a glitch, a little loop, right? Though. You know? Well, I mean, yeah. you guys so, just got to stay tuned. And then tomorrow, maybe BJ will bring some insight from some of the coaches in the NBA. But let's talk about this 71 point performance from Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I thought that Luka Doncic's 60, 21, and 10 were was one of the best performances I've ever seen in a regular season before. Last night, Donovan Mitchell scored or assisted on 99 points. So he scored. He scored 71. 71. And then he had 10 assists and 8 rebounds. It's staggering. What do you make of the recent streak of outstanding performances in the NBA and why do you think that there's such a common occurrence nowadays? Well, I just think it's inevitable in the way they play. You know, to me, as I watch the game, I, I try to watch the game from the lens of the way the game is being played today. Not how, you know, the I learned how to play the game, but it's a new game, right? These guys have more possessions. They're playing at a faster pace. You shoot, you know, you shoot shots earlier in the shot clock. Uh, the defensive schemes are totally different. So I just think it's inevitable that the way you play today with 
the amount of three-point shots they're taking that these guys will, you know, will continue to score at this, you know, this clip that you're currently seeing. I think it's just a matter of time before you'll see a hundred point game. I think you you will see who you you'll see a game. Who do you think? Well, I mean, the record right now in the modern era is Kobe's 81. Who do you think yeah. is going to be the player who has the highest likelihood to beat that 81 points and even go for the 100? Well, it, it, I don't know. I, I, I have to learn. I have to learn the, 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 the defensive, the way that the teams defend. Okay, so for instance, as I'm watching the game, I'm... You know, if a player, let's say a player scores six or eight points um, as a team, it, it was just inevitable that we would change up our coverage. <laughs> yeah, we would do like, like I, I didn't need a coach to say. You know, I, I didn't need a timeout for the coach to say, hey, BJ. Do X, Y and Z like I was going to change up my coverage. Um, as I was watching Donovan Mitchell last night, I, I, okay, like, at what point do you change up your coverage? Like, that's a, that's just an instinctive thing. Like, you know, I, I, like, well, right, watching at, him last night, at which point would you have changed up your coverage if that was your assignment? 10 points, 20 points, 30 points, et cetera. Well, you know, when guys start getting over 25, 30 points, you know, because now you 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 have someone that's that's basically carrying the game. Okay. When you start getting over 25, 30 points, now you have you're you have the capability to carry the game and influence the game and put your and then really impose your will on the game. Because the crazy part is I think he only had 16 in the first half. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You yeah, so you have the the, the so the one thing that I've learned is as you're playing to win the game, you have to make adjustments, right? You have to adjust accordingly. And that's the one thing that I learned playing in the NBA game because it's a 48-minute game. You always have to make adjustments during the course of the game, right? Some guy gets hot. That's going to happen. Like, this is the NBA. It's going to happen. Guy has a 20-point quarter. Well, now I got to adjust. Well, I didn't plan for that. And because that wasn't part of my initial game plan, then I I won't make a change. I'll just, you know, I got to, you know, and I always laugh to myself. And I had coaches would always say, the last thing you're going to hear me say is I got to take a look at the tape to make the adjustment. Yeah. No, I, I'm watching the game just like you're playing the game. So we're going to make the adjustment during the course of the game. Hey, and it's not such just superstars. Such we thought, it's yeah, not just superstars because Corey Brewer had 51. Tony Delk had 53. Tracy Murray had 50. Will Burton, not Will Barton, had 53. Uh, yeah, so so many random guys. Terrence Ross has had a 50-piece. Uh, Andre Miller, Karis LeVert, Vernon Maxwell, Mo Williams. A lot of guys can get hot in this league. But going back to that other question... Who do you see as the most likely now to break that 81-point threshold? Or I said on Twitter earlier today that Luke had 60 and he only hit two threes on his way to 60. So if he catches fire from downtown early in the game and can hit five or six threes, then I think he could go after that. Who do you think is well, going to be pushing it? I, I think the, the guy, I think the guy who could who could do it 
And, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I admire him from doing this. And I've been watching him doing this streak. You know, Kevin Durant, I think, could do it. Yeah. I think he's the most likely guy. I think, if, I think if there's a guy, I think if there's a guy who could do it, because Kevin can score from so many areas on the floor. Like, I mean, Kevin can do 60. You know, as I was watching, the, I, was, I was going, oh, wow, he could really, if he really wanted to, he could really do it. But because he has so much respect for the game, mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the one thing. The one thing I admire about Kevin Durant that's, you know, and I, I just want to say this because he's still in the heart of his career, is he's a willing passer out of the double team. Yep. He passes the ball when he gets double teamed. And he's, I, got the I, height. I, and, he's got the height to see over the defenders, which makes passing it a whole lot easier. Well, he has the height and he also has the ability to shoot over the double team. Mm-hmm. And he still chooses to do the right thing, which is pass the ball. And he has so much respect for the game. So I think the one guy who could do it probably won't do it, but it would take a unique set of circumstances for him to do it. I think if he was forced to do it in the course of the game, he would do it. Yeah, if there was no Kyrie and no Seth Curry and, and he was out of options and he had he had to go get it. Like, and he had to do it Luca to has win to the go game. get it himself. You know what I mean? No, Luca I, has I, I, to no, do I, I, what he does to go get it. So Okay. But I don't think Kevin Durant would do it. No, I don't. Because I don't he would so. pass the ball. He would yeah. pass the ball out of a double team. The only time force the, the, the only time I can see Kevin Durant doing it is if he gets into a little personal grudge with a certain player on the opposition team saying that they can lock him down and he wants to go out there and prove a point. Maybe then, maybe that's the only way. But looking at the highest scoring games in NBA history, you've obviously got Wilt Chamberlain's 100 points. And there is a conspiracy of some people who say that that never actually happened because there's no video of it. And because he was historically around a 50% three point, uh, free throw shooter. And in that 100-point game, he apparently made much more than 50%. What do you make of those accusations about Wilt's record? Okay, I I just listen now. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm older now. Like I I, I just listen. I, I just listen. Okay, I, you know we're talking about who we think could score 100. I think Joel Embiid could could do it. Oh, he'd yeah, get he 999 free throws to do it on his way. The way they play, <laughs> but I I think he'd have to be in much. The one thing about Wilt, as you watch film of Wilt and tape of Wilt, is the guy was just in phenomenal conditioning mm-hmm. like his ability when you watch tapes of the late will chamberlain and the late bill russell the level of conditioning that those guys were in you go wow like those guys were moving and they were moving at a pace their, their ability to change ends were was incredible i think joel Embiid has the capability because joel Embiid is capable of making five to seven threes along with his ability to post up and he can play in transition but he has to be an incredible, incredible conditioning to do that because he could score. I think he he would be a player that's capable of doing that. Um, that's 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 tough. You know, watching Donovan do it, it was unique. But I, I, I it's only one player that I see right now that I think could do it. It's KD. And do it in the court is KD. I think KD well, could, 
good. I think Katie could do it. We got 100 from Will. Obviously, it took Donovan Mitchell overtime, and it took Luca overtime to get 60. Uh, Kobe had 81 in regulation. Will also had 78. Will had 73 twice. David Thompson also had 73. Will Chamberlain also mm-hmm. had 72. And then Elgin Baylor... David Robinson and Donovan Mitchell all had 71. We're not going to talk about Devin Booker's fraudulent 70-point game. We're just talking about over 70 today because <laughs> there's a big difference in winning the game and getting blown out and your team just giving you the ball on every possession, but we're not going to get into that right now. Also, Moby and Mo. okay. Also, while we're talking about the Phoenix Suns, how cooked does CP3 look right now? I hope that he can pick up his play for the rest of the season because that game against the Knicks the other night, he looks horrendous. He looked not like Chris Paul that we know. Well, you know, Mo, as you as you get older in this league, okay, at that position, and I am very, I have I have the deepest compassion for aging point guards. Because we've all been there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so, Mo, if you if you really want to pick a fight with me today, start mm-hmm. talking about Chris Paul. I'm, I I can't let anyone talk about Chris Paul. Chris Paul is what thirty? How old is Chris now? 36, Six. 30, yeah, because remember he, 30, he turned thirty six in the playoffs and then forgot how to play yeah. basketball the next day. 36, 36, 37. Oh, he's thirty seven. Yeah, and my you're bad. gonna yeah yeah he's somewhere around there. Listen. This is what happens as you age, Mo. Okay. And as you age, these games come more frequently, right? <laughs> they happen more frequently. And hey, you know what? But he's a pro. He'll he'll bounce back. But to to anyone who's played that position and that demis- that position demands speed and quickness. That position demands that you have speed and quickness. And Mo, that's the first thing that leaves well, as you age. And Just, so what can you do? While we're talking about the Suns, you know, they played against the Knicks. DeAndre Ayan was their highest scorer with 12 points. Now, Devin Booker mm-hmm. is not set to be reevaluated until the final week of January. And all sources indicate that he's going to be out basically until All-Star Weekend in, in an effort to yeah. not rush him back and have him fresh for the playoffs. But when looking at the Suns' schedule, and I'm going to read you out their upcoming fixtures, and I want to know what on earth is going to happen. They've got to play the Cavs featuring 71-point Donovan Mitchell. Then they play the Heat. Then they play the Cavs again. Then they play the Warriors. And you know the Warriors will take mm-hmm. it personal, being a Western Conference rival. Then they play mm-hmm. the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. So out of those five games, I don't know how many they're winning. They play the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. I think they can get dubbed because Timberwolves. Then they've got the Grizzlies. Then they've got the Brooklyn Nets. Then they've got the Pacers. Then they've got the Grizzlies again. And then that's when Booker's supposed to be reevaluated. Then it gets a little bit easier. They've got the Hornets, but then they've got Luca and the Mavs, bringing back bad memories. The Spurs should be in, should be a win. The Raptors, the Hawks, the Celtics, Pistons, Nets, Hawks, Pacers, Kings, and then the Clippers will seek them out to All-Star Weekend. Could we see a horrific drop-off from the Phoenix Suns now without Devin Booker? Because they look completely out of sorts without him. The schedule does look very tough. There's only three or four games in there against quote-unquote bad teams. They could end up well, being out of the playoff standings by the time Booker gets back after All-Star. Well, I I, I want to start this from the beginning. You know, you know, Mo, you've heard me say this. I'm going to repeat it, you know, because you have to be principled in how you approach the, an NBA season because it's so long. 
And, and, and here's a principle that, you know, I want to abide by with this group, you know, winning covers a multitude of sins. Now, at the beginning of this season with the Phoenix Suns, they were, in my opinion, they were missing a very important piece in Jay Crowder. Now, no one's taught, everyone's talking about Devin Booker. Certainly, you know, uh, Devin Booker is an incredible all-star, you know, before the injury, may use an MVP conversation, so forth and so on. And that is a definitely big piece. But missing Jay Crowder to me, because that's a, he was a starter for them. Yep. At the very least, he was a rotational player. Okay. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even show up. So you're just, so every team, now let's just take, let's just take an important starter off your team. And he's arguably one of, if not the toughest guy on their team. He took on the best teams. Inside he, player. He, he and, may be the only tough guy on that roster, except okay, for this. All right. So you took, yes. So you took him off your team. Okay. They lose JaVel McGee. Mm-hmm. They lose Cam Johnson to injury. To injury. Cam Payne is out to injury. Mm-hmm. Okay. CP3 has missed significant time with the injury. And he doesn't look like himself that we just spoke about. Okay. And... Again, let's also, we can't forget this, DeAndre Ayton and the coach weren't communicating oh, as yeah. far as we knew. And, and it still looks okay. pretty tense. Okay. Now, in spite of all of that, it was mass because they started off to this hot start, right? You know, winning covers out all, all that up. But then when you lose, suddenly, you know, we just talk about Devin Booker being out. Mo, there's a lot that has happened to this group. And, and and the way they lost last year in the playoffs, I still think that is hanging over them because it's not the fact that you lose, it's how you lose. Mm-hmm. It's how you lose a game, all right? The fashion in which they lost last year, I don't know the effects of that, okay? So when you put all that together, Mo, should we be surprised what's going on here now? The answer is no. Now, when if you win, everyone will say, oh, they're back. They're this. And yeah. you just kind of sweep this under the rug. Mo, that's a lot to overcome for one team. That's a lot to overcome. And all of this has happened within, what, the last six months? Yep. So I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised because those are, one, those are really good players. And when, and you and I both know the best ability is availability, okay? And no matter how you lose, and then when you start adding to the issues where one guy just is told not to show up to training camp or whatever the situation is with Jay Crowder, there is a there was something that happened last year with the coaching staff and DeAndre Aiden. And then if I remember correctly, there was something where they had to be separated again this year mm-hmm. in a game. So, Mo, I think there is something going on within the team. It's all been masked because they were winning. And now all of a sudden that they're losing, we're just beginning to talk about it. However, Mo, that's a lot to overcome. Okay. That's a yeah. lot. And, you know, and, and this is the NBA. And, you know, as I like to say, it's a dysfunctional league. And, now we're in the dysfunction and mm-hmm. no one's going to feel sorry for the Suns. Make no doubt about it. Definitely okay? No one's going to feel sorry for them. So I think the Suns right now are going to have to figure out what they're going to do because 
if they can get healthy, they're still a good team. Those are good players. Well, if they and it can in the meantime, you can you know, like the twenty games we just spoke the about, mean, they've already dropped down to eighth, twenty and eighteen. Yeah, but in those next they twenty may not games, have time to tough. overcome. Exactly, yes. they might might be dropped down to twelfth. Who knows? And then when Booker comes back and they get back to playing that style of basketball, what does that do to the championship hopes of a team? having to claw their way back up the standings and really make a push in the rest of the regular season well, just to get to the playoffs. Here's the thing. If this team can get healthy, they will be fine. Okay, if they can get healthy. This is a health issue. This isn't, listen, arguments, miscommunication, that's going to occur. They'll, solvable problems. But you can't overcome Devin Booker being out, Cam Johnson being out, Jay Carter being out, Cam... Uh, excuse me, campaign being out, you know, CP3 not being, you know, let's just say 90%. He, he, something is wrong with him right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can't over, overcome all of that. They, and they, they lost. JaVale McGee was a big part of their team. What they did a year ago. Coming off the bench. Coming off the bench. So when you put all of this together, this is what happens. So I'm, yes. Am I concerned because, we're, we think of this team as one of the elite teams in the Western Conference. Okay. From that viewpoint, I am concerned. However, if they get themselves healthy, I feel they'll be right where they want to be with a, with an opportunity to win. If they can get themselves healthy. So things happen. You have to have good health. You got to have good fortune of having good health. And right now they don't have it. Some of it, you know the the Jay Crowder situation. Some of it was well, the interesting apart. piece of news that came out today is that Robert Sava is in the process of selling the team. But until that is finalized, which probably won't be until after the All Star break, he gets mm-hmm. final say on any trades that are above mm-hmm. the average of the NBA salaries. Now, right now, NBA salaries average out at ten point eight million US dollars. Jay Crowder mm-hmm. makes ten point two million US dollars. So they could trade Jay Crowder without Robert Sarver's sign-off. However, if they were to package him and add another player in a deal or take on more salary than that, then he has to get the sign-off on that. And, you know, what's his vested interest in taking on more money at this point now that he's selling the team, et cetera, et cetera. So that's just an interesting nugget to keep an eye on in terms of the Phoenix Suns' ability to be flexible and make moves ahead of the trade deadline. Because we were talking yesterday on yesterday's show about the teams that need to add to their roster ahead of the trade deadline. So that was just an interesting piece of information that came out. Um, What do you think that their team is missing right now? Assuming fully healthy, what do you think is the one piece, maybe a role player to push them over the edge? Do you think any deficits, you talk a lot about JaVale not being there. They've got Jock Lando who's been playing okay in stretches. He's had some good games. But what do you think this team is really missing? Because the big buzz is around getting Eric Gordon from the Houston Rockets over to the Phoenix Suns to provide some rim pressure and on-the-ball creation. You know, there's, again, this is just my view of how I view the game, right? Um, There's there's two essential ingredients that's absolutely necessary with every team. You know, you obviously you want to have talent and we can debate on the type of talent. You know, some people value shooting. Some people value defense. Some people value rebounding. You need talent. Okay. And let's just, for the sake of this here, because, you know, we're, you know, with our time, we're just going to say a player that's got to be in your top eight, your rotation, Mm -hmm. you're a rotational player. So we'll say a a player who we would say 
is a rotational player and on a, a, a on a playoff team. Okay. Yeah. And Jay Crowder is certainly a rotational player on all those teams, right? Yeah. And then you got to have toughness. Okay. Toughness and I and how I evaluate toughness is someone you know is going to show up and do what they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whether you're playing against Giannis, KD, you're gonna you're gonna do what you do. That's a pro, right? Yeah. You need tough guys, right? I don't mean I'm not talking about a tough guy who who's you know picking fight or out there you know starting fights or I'm saying the guy who's saying okay I don't care who I'm playing against I'm going to do what I do. You need that level of toughness. That's a professional. Mm-hmm. Now, when I look at this team, the Phoenix Suns, that's Jay Crowder. Mm-hmm. Jay Crowder may not be, you know, the, the strongest guy. He may not be the fastest guy, but Jay Crowder is going to do what Jay Crowder do every single night, no matter who he plays. Yeah, whether the shots are falling or not, he's going to play defense. He's still going to take the shots. And he's a very capable player. Right. You know, like you say, OK, we're going to double team off Jay Crowder. Right. That's we're going to live with Jay Crowder missing. Jay Crowder is capable of making four or five threes in a game in a big moment. Yeah. He's, he got to the finals with the Miami Heat. The, the, Jay Crowder is a, is a big time player. So what they need is they're going to have to replace that talent and that toughness and insert another player who could do something like that. Why? Because what's the one thing that we're seeing that they are missing? They're missing someone who can meet the physicality of the game, especially in their front line. Okay. So you, you take Jay Crowder off and then you take the size, just the size and athleticism alone of JaVale McGee. And this is what happens. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now Bismack is still there, but when you have Bismack, JaVale McGee and DeAndre Ayton, you have to game plan for that, those level of athletes. And Jay Crowder being there allows them to play small and play with a certain level of physicality. So to me, trying to replace Jay Crowder should be the number one priority as I look at this team. And that's not an easy, that's not an easy fix because when you start looking around the league, how many players are like that? You know, there aren't a lot of players like that. Who can play this? The PJ Tucker's in the game. world and the Jay Crowder's yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah. And, and who can play that level of phys- physical? You know, Jay Crowder, I'm not, you know, you can't stop any of these great players, right? But Jay Crowder can match up with Zion. Jay Crowder can match up with uh, those type of players. He can match up with Giannis, physical, his physical, the physicality of it, right? He's not, you know, probably you can argue he's not tall enough. But certainly he can bump with him and hold him up until the double team comes. Yeah. All right. Um, so, you know, you, you're going to have to replace that. And you just you, you haven't had him all year. OK, I think Cam Johnson and these guys when healthy, they're good enough on the perimeter. Certainly you can add another perimeter player like Eric Gordon. But when Devin Booker and Cam Johnson come back, where is he going to play? Like, I you know what I mean? There's only so many minutes on the perimeter because Devin Booker is going to garnish, you know, 40 of those minutes, especially in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, and you'd imagine Chris Paul, if he can return to form, will get a significant chunk. So. Right. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So to me, they are a very small team right now. Their physicality is, they're, they're you know, with the exception of Bismack Biombo, uh, I don't see them really playing a physical game 
and they're a small they're a small group so they go from one of the biggest teams just a year ago to now to one of the smallest teams especially if deandre ayton is not playing or yeah, gets in foul trouble there's going to be a lot of trade talks about him especially he's eligible to be traded uh after the 15th of january so We'll keep an eye on that and we're going to keep you guys updated with everything from around the NBA and we'll be back tomorrow morning and who knows there might be another 50 point game by tomorrow morning when you wake up and Oh there'll be the another there'll be another 50 there'll be another 50 <laughs> point game there'll be another 50 point game for sure It's not stopping <laughs> now, it's not stopping we appreciate you we don't need 50 we just need five stars on that review so make sure you go leave a review make sure you subscribe on YouTube you can watch the full episodes in video format you can listen on Spotify Apple wherever you get your podcasts let us know. Leave us a review, leave a rating and all that good stuff. And most importantly, until next time, get buckets.